On this first episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International, our guest is Dr. Kip Lines, the Executive Director of CMF. You'll hear about his journey of faith, his calling to missions, and how he got plugged in with CMF International. I'm your host, Jake Moore, and welcome to the Fellowship. Welcome to the CMFI Fellowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Moore. And today, we have a very special guest on our very first podcast, Mr. Kip Lines. Dr. Kip Lines, the Executive Director (laughs) of CMF International. And Jake brought the podcast to me. We're in my office today. This is great. Ground zero. This way I can can still do email. That's right. While we're doing the podcast. You are chained to the keyboard. (laughs) No problem. Yeah, he's emailing (laughs) while we talk right now. And uh, this is a special opportunity for me because uh, this is our very first podcast and an an experiment of sorts to see if this is something that we want to keep going uh, and doing uh, going forward as an organization. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast and for you to be the first guest, Kip. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to be here, Jake. I Actually, mean, it's like, this is great because I, I mean, I don't read anymore. You don't read anymore. What we, we do, we listen, listen to podcasts, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, and so, my teammate, Craig Fowler, uh, he listens to a lot of books uh, mm-hmm. on Audible and I, he might even listen to this podcast at one point, but he had a really hard time saying he listened to a book he continued for years to say, I read this the other day. <laughs> and he used to dra- drive Adrian fell crazy. He would always call him out and say, hey, now you were listening to that. Right. Yeah. Right. No. Well, uh, just to be clear, I, I've seen Jake reading recently. So you, I can you do still, still do read. I yeah. still can do you it. Do. You do. That's great. Well, no, happy to I, be here. Happy to be here. Well, what I'm excited about, um, particularly having you on today, is to find out a little bit about your personal story, how you ended up being here with CMF. Wait, this is going to be about me? It's about you and the organization and what you're thinking going forward, but how you got to this place in particular. And even the reason I wanted to talk to you about how you got here is, I guess there's a story tied to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it was about a year and a half ago on the field um, when the executive director position was being vetted and you were one of the candidates. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that you were one of the candidates uh, for the position. Interesting. And <clears throat> well, it just wasn't communicated mm-hmm. uh, outside of the board. Mm-hmm. And my teammate, uh, my teammates, Jake and Tennille Lowe, uh, and then our also our teammate, Kate Cody, happened to be in the United States at our Kate Cody happened to be in the United States, had been in communication with Tennille Lowe. And when it was finally announced, uh, I guess within the board, who had won the position, Kate Cody vibered Tennille and said, there's some outside person has gotten the position. <laughs> and so then Tennille told everybody on the team, yeah, so some outside guy is in charge of going to be in charge of CMF. <laughs> and then the next day, the email comes out that, it's Kip Lines that's going to be the executive director of CMF. Right. <laughs> and Aaron and I, my wife, we just absolutely cracked up thinking, 
Kip isn't an outside guy. Well, I mean, we were outside of CMF for 10 years. I know. So you had been outside. Anyone that has come into CMF in the last 10 years maybe didn't know who I was. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I wanted to have you on today. It's, ah. it's like, you know, Tanil, if she listens to this podcast, she wants to get to know you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be an w- inside look into how you got to be. I mean, I could just send her an email. You could do that. You could <laughs> do that. But it, you can't send an email to all of the missionaries and all of the supporters out there, right? Not, <laughs> or in, could you? not individually. <laughs> <laughs> Personalize it. No, just a special touch. Right. That Hallmark right. card uh, mm-hmm. moment. So I guess I'd be interested, even just starting back with, where did you grow up? Where hmm. did you... Are you, are you from the Midwest, East Coast, West Coast? I, I actually don't remember where you're from. You don't are even you from know, like Pittsburgh or something like oh, that. No, oh no! Oh, I just no, oh, no, I send. No, no, I'm from the, I'm from the other Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. the eastern part of Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah. No, I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, which is most famous for being Amish country. Yes. No, I'm not Amish. You weren't. Stop. You Don't give me that look, Jake. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have a black hat at some point? Okay. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I grew up in Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, was your first car a buggy? <laughs> no, it was a little Ford Escort. <laughs> nice. Hatchback? Back when the Escort was only a hatchback. Yes. yes. Is, hatchbacks were so rad. I wish that they would come back. Yeah. Yeah. My grandma uh, lo- was no longer allowed to drive. And mm-hmm. It was her car. You scored yeah, the hatchback? Yeah, I scored the, the <laughs> What Ford color was the, was the Ford Escort? Uh, it, was, it was some shade of red, mm. kind of between a red and an orange. Uh, maybe rust? Yeah. <laughs> Rusted out. <laughs> what was the interior? Was it red as well? Like it all matched? Red oh, no. interior, red no, outside? No, no, no. It was yeah. like gray. On the inside. Oh, it was. Oh, oh, come on. Let's not talk about my first. Yeah, I know. Sorry. So you're growing up Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania. Lancaster. 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 Say it right. Lancaster is in Ohio and in California. Okay. Lancaster. 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 (laughs) How did so? How did you go from Lancaster to Milligan? Like, what what was your journey? So, uh, okay. So, you know a little bit about me, right? Yeah, I I know that you went to Milligan. I went to Milligan College for undergrad. Yeah. Um, I grew up in uh, in the church in Lancaster. So, uh, at that time, it was called uh, Lancaster Church of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, That lets you know how old that church was. And uh, the name changed to Abbeville Road Christian Church. Uh, And growing up in that church, all of the youth in that church, we would go to church camp every summer. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, camp called Indian Lake Christian Camp in Bel Air, Maryland. Yeah. So just across the border down in Bel Air uh, and met lots of great folks at that camp. And every year, um, Milligan College sent um, a team of college students that would hang out at that camp. Yeah. So that's how I found out about Milligan. That's cool. So were they yeah. actually sponsors or were they kind of like one of those groups like – the singing group from the college that went around uh, and sang in different No, camps? they didn't sing. No, <laughs> I don't remember them singing. No, no, they were just fun. Yeah, uh, and promoting Milligan. Mm-hmm. I mean, being on this side now, I understand that they were, you know, being used by Milligan to to try to recruit students. But yeah. on the other side, it was like these are really cool folks who, uh, you know, they're. God is leading them in their life, and I see that they're able to go to the school and live out their faith and study, and mm-hmm. so that's where I heard about Milligan. Um, what year were you? Were you a sophomore, junior at that point, and uh, and you just got locked in on that track that after high school I'm for sure going to Milligan, or were you a senior? 
Uh, I think I think uh, early on in high school, even after my freshman year, was when I had first heard about Milligan, which got me thinking in that way. Although uh, in high school, it's kind of odd. <clears throat> uh, in my high school, uh, we had a lot of arts mm-hmm. uh, and musical arts, mm-hmm. uh, and I was kind of on a track to be a musician Mm -hmm. when I was in high school really which was so uh played uh violin and piano and was in all sorts of choirs uh and was in a string quartet that's really Um, interesting yeah and uh I came kind of this close my fingers are really close together yes (laughs) yeah uh, to going to Carnegie Mellon really Pittsburgh yeah um and uh but uh in the end I decided that uh, I wanted to to head to Milligan Mm -hmm. Uh, my mom worked as an administrator in a hospital, and so summer jobs for me uh, was working in the hospital and working in uh, some of, like, doing filing and stuff uh, yeah. in some of the offices there. And uh, I, at that point, when I finished high school, I thought I was going to be a medical doctor Really? Um, after my senior year of high school. So I went to Milligan and was pre-med. Really? Oh, so is that biology, like the biology track? Biology yeah. major, chemistry huh. minor. Yeah. Had uh-huh. you at that point completely just tanked music altogether? You're like, I can't, I can't even play and focus on. You know, music it was cause... still kind of a dream, and um, but at the same time, I think I was more realistic about the fact that it's just so difficult to uh, to make a living as mm-hmm. a musician. So wanted to continue doing music as just part of who I was, um, you know, in worship and sure for fun. Yeah, well, that's really yeah, cool. Do you play career. the violin still? Uh, it's been a it's been a while since we moved to Indianapolis, so it's been a year since we moved to Indianapolis. Have not got the violin out, so um, you do have your own personal violin. I do. Wow, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, but and then I happened to stay the night at your house last night. Heard uh-huh. you tinkling on the uh, the, on the piano, piano keys. See, that was yeah. the other exciting thing. So just yesterday, we finally got the piano tuned since we moved. So that's, that's really cool. It's good to have. Now, did you have piano a piano again. in Turkana? <laughs> We did. We bought a um, an electric keyboard. Really? Uh, in Nairobi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And brought it out there. And how'd you run it off your? Had to rewire. Yeah, it I was going to say off your so solar we could, power. Well, it had a twelve volt adapter. Hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So you're able to stay up with the practice and continuing to play. Yeah, uh, and Katie plays too. Uh, and the boys um, took lessons when they were younger. And so yeah. So we, you we have appreciate you that. have Katie. Mm-hmm. Who it, she's here in Indianapolis with you, obviously. Obviously, yeah. Where yeah. is she at these days? What is she doing? Katie is the uh, pastor of spiritual formation at Englewood Christian Church mm-hmm. in downtown Indianapolis on the east side, and that's where we live as a family. Uh, as we were getting ready to move to Indianapolis, um, uh, some people downtown heard that we were moving. They heard about Katie, uh, that she was. Uh, pastor and she was contacted by Mike Bowling at Englewood Christian Church to just to start a conversation about what it would look like uh, for our family to be part of of that church. Englewood mm-hmm. uh, forms itself more as an intentional community so just about everyone who attends the church lives in uh, three or four blocks yeah cool of the church. Uh, we all live in the same neighborhood together. And they have a development corporation that's working to help transform uh, that area of town. Uh, and they're involved in, in trying to get good, safe, sustainable housing for people who live in the neighborhood. 
um, trying to do development work without pushing people out, trying to avoid the gentrification that yeah. normally happens with that. So anyway, yeah, so Katie is, uh, we started attending the church and they had more conversations with her and uh, they looked at kind of her gifting and what she's passionate about and uh, invited her to come in and be their pastor of spiritual formation. That's cool. So and you, yeah, have two boys. you have two, two boys. Two boys, yeah, right? Patrick and Brian. And Patrick uh, just finished his sophomore year at Milligan College. Wow. He's a political science major. All right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and hu- double political science and humanities. Wow. Very impressive. Uh, thinking about maybe law school or maybe seminary <laughs> or. He's got or a lot of time to decide still. Maybe right? taking the uh, the foreign service exam and trying to work at an embassy overseas. Hmm. You know these missionary kids. That's right. There's no telling. That's right. Where they're you never end know up with or what they're going to do. Yeah. And then your other your other son, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Brian just uh, is finishing this week his sophomore year of high school. Uh, he goes to Heron High School uh, in downtown Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of them picked up. Musical instruments, uh, the yeah, arts, Brian, so they, do they have the same interests that you guys do? Yeah. Following uh, your footsteps a little uh, bit? The musical stuff has kind of, I think, gone more by the wayside for both of them, mm. but they both love theater arts. Um, mm. And Patrick especially loves um, uh, sound and lighting design. Yeah. So he does. He still does a bunch of that. And it even does that at Milligan? Does yeah, he, he does. volunteer uh-huh. or actually? Well, and that, yeah, it's his work-study job cool. is to uh, do sound and lighting. Oh, that's really interesting. I hope that that's correct. <laughs> no, no, that's true. <laughs> well, let's backtrack to uh, your days at Milligan. So you're going, you changed from going to Carnegie Mellon to Milligan, to small pre-med, Christian college in the bi- middle of biology East track, totally yes. different. Yep, yep. Um, were you going to do pre-med, be a doctor with the intention of doing missions, or was that not even on your radar at that no, point? No, it in wasn't your life? really on my radar at that point in my life. Uh, I was going to be a medical doctor um, in America. Um, and, uh, I met this, I met Katie, that, that's mm-hmm. really what changed my life right there. Katie Drage. Met her our freshman year. Wow. You even know her maiden name. Well, it's cause go. I know her really cool parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I've got some cool in-laws. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so we met, uh, early on at Milligan, um, both had the same disagreement with a Bible professor at Milligan, Pat, uh, Lee Magnus. In the class at the same oh, yeah, time? in the classroom. <laughs> that guy, he was nuts, right? He was telling us uh, some crazy things about creation, but we disagreed with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, he was right, of course, but <laughs> <laughs> it was through that disagreement, right. that common shared uh, passion for scripture mm-hmm. uh, that uh, we met each other. And... Uh, she grew up always wanting to be a missionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, her her mindset her whole life was, uh, I'm going to go and serve as a missionary overseas. In high school, and this was before people were doing short-term mission right. trips, and that was popular at all. Um, she went with a group uh, to Scotland on a mission trip hmm. uh, and got to meet some missionaries and see what that was like there. Um, so she came into Milligan with that in mind, and yeah. I met her. I started thinking more about it, and it was through meeting, uh, you know, getting to know her, and then also there were a number of missionary kids at Milligan at that time that were uh, classmates of ours. Okay. Uh, that that helped me start to hear about the things that are happening around the world and have my world opened up yeah. and exposed to some of those things that are going on. So, Because uh, even your church in high school was not – 
no. like intentional no. from a mission standpoint. No. Well, we had we 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 supported George Bajenski and Polish Christian Mission, and mm. he would come in every uh, every couple years. And yeah. Would tell his story about what was going on in Poland. Uh, that was kind of my exposure to missions as a kid. Um, mm. But uh, so meeting those missionary kids, getting to know Katie, uh, I think I took maybe I took a class with Dr. Higgins, mm-hmm. um, um, like a cultural anthropology class, just to uh, expose me to other other ways of thinking in the world and yeah. other types of people. Uh, and then the real trigger was when I when I switched from. Now there's two stories here. Okay. There's two versions of the story. <laughs> the first version is that maybe I was having a little problem with chemistry. Uh huh. <laughs> Not doing so hot in that class. Maybe. Maybe. We but won't, that's, there's no validation. That's one on the, story. Uh-huh. That's one version of the story. The okay. other version of the story is every year uh, Milligan would bring Rich Mullins uh, mm-hmm. to campus. And yeah. He would do a concert and he would hang out with students. Which was really cool. I, yeah. I thought Rich Mullins was the coolest guy in the world, yeah. uh, alongside Michael W. Smith, who was also my hero at the time. <laughs> yeah. And what about Stephen Curtis Chapman? <laughs> no, no, he was Saddle not. Up no, 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 no. That was a little later, actually. No, we're. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, Michael W. Smith. What? And DC Talk. That's like Dude. we would bring DC Talk in. To Don't get me started. I love. I love yeah. DC Talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's some serious rap right there. Let's get back to okay. Yes, uh, back to your story. So my story. Um, uh, so Rich Mullins concert, and um, uh, after the after this Rich Mullins concert, and it was, I mean, his music is great. Uh, he was he was authentic, real, mm-hmm. um, just even off the stage, like hanging right. out with you guys. He was. Yeah. Um, his theology was a little weird, but anyway, yeah. he yeah he. Um, uh, I just sensed that God was leading me um, that one particular evening to go into ministry and to wow. really consider what would it look like to serve overseas. And, and initially I had thoughts, well, I could, I could become a medical doctor and serve mm-hmm. overseas. Um, but then I thought uh, the more I, more I learned about uh, the medical system in America and saw all the kind of stuff that um, doctors had to deal with that didn't have anything to do with healing people <laughs> yeah yeah lots and lots of paperwork <laughs> i thought um uh i thought i was i'm was just gonna jump all in yeah and say i'm gonna follow god uh into this missions thing i uh, changed my major to um a bible ministry hmm. major at milligan this is uh, your sophomore year or your freshman year at uh, that point? it would have been toward the end of my sophomore year okay so wow. Uh, I had completed almost all of my biology coursework for oh, my major, man. so I ended up with a very large biology minor. <laughs> <laughs> and I continued on in my uh, junior and senior year. I was like the biology lab assistant <laughs> for, <laughs> for the biology professor. They felt sorry so, for uh, you. They're like, oh, uh, poor guy. He's done all these all these classes. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll let him be the mm-hmm. assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got involved um, uh, in the arts at Milligan, also in theater, mm-hmm. uh, and ended up, Milligan started a fine arts program, and I was, uh, so I ended up with a double major, fine arts, uh, photography, wow. uh, and Bible ministry. That's really um, interesting. In the end. Yeah. yeah. It took me five years instead of four. Okay, so it did end up mm-hmm. being a five-year track, mm-hmm. switch, switching gears there at mm-hmm. the end of your sophomore year, that can, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of shoot but yourself in, in the our, foot a little bit. In our senior year, um, uh, Hopwood Christian Church on the edge of campus 
had an opening uh, for a youth minister, mm-hmm. children's minister, sort of a part-time position. They were just looking for someone uh, to give some direction to what they are doing uh, with the kids at the church. Um, and Jim Street was the senior minister at Hopwood mm-hmm. at that okay. time. And Katie and I had just got, uh, we were just married the summer before our senior year of college. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So your whole senior year, you, was she fifth year or was she a year behind you? Did she uh, do we were, five the, years we were the same year. So this okay. is my first senior year. Yeah. <laughs> Her last senior year. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, uh, we were married in the summer, had the fall semester. We applied for this position at Hopwood in mm-hmm. December. So we had just been married four months, wow. something like that. Uh, and they hired us. You know, I, later on, I realized they hired us because they got two for the price of one. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it was a great deal. Yeah. They got us both uh, to deal. work at the church. Uh, and so that was really formative, too. At that point, uh, I think the first couple of years at, at Milligan, uh, we had attended a couple of different churches, and we ended up at First Christian Church in Johnson City um, because we had some good friends who were older than us that were working in youth ministry there. Mm-hmm. And so we were, we were learning from them about ministry. Um, and then uh, we went into our first ministry role uh, at Hopwood at that time. So yeah. that would have been... Uh, December of 94. Dude, 90, 1994. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was in ninth grade. I, ninth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I was rocking out the Weezer. <laughs> and you're going into ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was our first ministry position, uh, paid ministry position at Hopwood. And we were at Hopwood for four years. Um, wow. Uh, so the whole time that we were at uh, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. So Katie finished at Milligan right away that year, went to Emmanuel. Still uh, on the missions track at yep, that point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then uh, I finished uh, a year later mm-hmm. at Milligan uh, and then went to uh, Emmanuel immediate, immediately so following that, too. At yeah. one point in all of that, did you have like interactions with CMF? Well, How? yeah, and that, that, was, uh, that was the cool thing. So our... Um, the summer before our uh, junior year of college, Katie did an internship with CMF. Mm-hmm. So she did an internship in '93, reach internship. Okay. This is like in the, the summer reach internship. Of yeah. Reach internships yeah. at at, uh, at CMF, and she went to Maasai Land. Okay, cool. Uh, and uh, I think she. When she was there, mm-hmm. she met like uh, the Johnsons and. Uh, Met uh, the Rosses, met uh, the Giles, wow, uh, the Highfields. I don't yeah. know if anybody even recognizes these names. Yeah, this is this is CMF lore we're getting it is. into. Really <laughs> Legendary is. missionaries. Uh, and then, <laughs> so she came back from that internship, and then the next summer, right before we got married, like literally right before we got married, I went and did an internship in Turkana. Really, with CMF. Okay. Yeah. And who were the missionaries you were with at that uh, point? I was with uh, Keith and Kathy Hamm mm-hmm. uh, about half of my time, and then Dan and Debbie Bader wow. uh, with with little Hannah Bader. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And now yeah. she, she is an adult. I met her years ago. It's like, wow. I Okay. That, that Yeah, Hannah Bader. All right. You know, you're like... Yeah. You hear stories about people, and you don't think you th- hear you hear about them as little kid stories, you know, mm-hmm. late eighties, early nineties, yeah. or whatever. And then you meet them as an adult. So you're I, like, oh wow, you're the adult. I did that yeah. internship that summer. Um, and that was re- Katie was really nervous about that because 
she wanted to marry me. We were engaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went away for this rich internship. <laughs> I had never had any mission experience before. Nice. And she was waiting to hear from me, like, did this really confirm for you that God's leading you to mm-hmm. be a missionary? <laughs> and I'm a bozo. Like, <laughs> I, this is pre-email. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you had to pay lots of money for a long-distance phone call. Mm-hmm. So I think... Uh, I think I wrote one letter to her that summer. <laughs> nice. Like, and, and this was, I was going to come back from my REACH internship, and two weeks after I got back in the States was our wedding day. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, I was gone that whole summer The whole time. No planning. Called her one no time, involvement. I think, and sent her a letter one time. <laughs> and I got back, and, like, the first question was, you still want to do missions? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. This you're locked great. in? I'm okay, good. It. So it wasn't, <laughs> you when you said you were a bozo, I was thinking you came back, you're like, I don't know if I want to go. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, I was a bozo because, I mean, I would never advise that if you're going to get married that you should just, like, leave the country and to a place where you can't communicate. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I sort of cared what color the flowers were in our wedding, but yeah, I was, there were a lot of stuff that I left on Katie's plate. Yeah. Um, She had to carry the whole weight of it. Yeah. She she got sick that summer and she ended up getting mono, like, no way. uh, You know, it was completely related to the stress. stress. Poor girl. <laughs> oh man, way to go, Kip. So, yeah, and that's <laughs> the that's the story of your marriage. No, I'm just kidding. That's how it all started. <laughs> that's how it all started. Twenty four years ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that was ninety five, and um. So at that point, that ninety four. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So at that point, you guys then get married. You start working at Hopwood, and you're also wrapping yeah, and up. Then you're doing this your. Was, this mat. also lined up with a time when the Giles came back from the field. Okay. Um, David and Linda Giles, mm-hmm. and they were living in East Tennessee. Okay, cool. Uh, so, you know, David Giles, um, he I, he is always a recruiter. Yeah. And always he he was meeting with students in the area who were interested in missions, mm-hmm. and he met us. He knew Katie had done an internship, and and really the year. Uh, that um, that I was an intern. I think David came and, and led that internship program that year. Oh, really? Okay. That's when he started, mm-hmm. transitioned into working at the home office, something like that. But it was, so we met David and Linda Giles in East Tennessee, uh, had some great interactions with them, heard their stories about living on the field. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we met with, uh, well, after our first two years at Hopwood, mm-hmm. um, uh, Jim Street left, and the church hired Tim Ross. Okay. So Tim and Marsha Ross come mm-hmm. in, just fresh off the fe- the mission field, uh, and of course, you know, we're on staff with Tim, right? And you know, he was helping to mentor us and thinking about what missions would look like uh, for us. We had we had affiliated with CMF before mm-hmm. that, so uh, even in our senior year at Milligan, we had started the process of signing up uh, with CMF. Uh, they had us go through even the psychological assessment, which was was even a more rigorous process, I think, at that point than wow. than the stuff that we do now. Yeah, uh, where they uh, we went through that process, and they said, "You guys are kind of young. Like we were ready to go. Like <laughs> yeah. finish up at Milligan. Let's go to the field. Let's, go Let's now. do this. We're yeah. committed to this." Um, and they they said, "We really want you to wait for a couple of years. Why don't you go and?" get a few more years of ministry experience in the church, which was a really, was really good advice. Yeah. Uh, looking back on it. And then we were able to take that time, uh, to, to, uh, do graduate work at, mm-hmm. at Emmanuel, which also was very helpful. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I worked. Uh, I was. We were. We were there when Charles Tabor was still mm-hmm. a missions professor wow. there at Emmanuel, and uh, he, when he heard that we were thinking of going to work in Kenya as yeah. missionaries, he really pushed me to study uh, this um, moratorium movement that a lot of third world theologians uh, talked about in the early '70s, where in Kenya there was a movement of church leaders and theologians, Kenyan church leaders and Mm -hmm. theologians who were saying, uh, we don't want missionaries from the West to come to our country anymore. And they called, they called for a moratorium on Western missionaries coming to Kenya, coming to Kenya. We don't want you here anymore because you're, you're not allowing the church in Kenya to mature. You're treating us as infants and never, we're never going to be able to grow up uh, and be a mature church. If you continue the cycles of dependency, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Charles Tabor was like, you want to go work as a missionary in Kenya? Let me tell you about this time when mm-hmm. Kenyans didn't want missionaries, like when, the year you were born. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he made me study that, and I ended up, like, that's what I wrote. I studied and wrote on um, for my thesis at Emmanuel. So helpful oh, I'm sure. uh, to work through all of that material that, you know, 20 years earlier, there were already mature Kenyan theologians and church leaders who were saying the way missions is being done is the wrong mm. way, and it's creating yeah. um, weakness in the church. So, so that was a great. So all of that combined, you know, I've got these former CMF missionaries. We're getting uh, ministry experience working at Hopwood. Uh, some great professors at Emmanuel that are helping us really think through. I mean, we had we were so idealistic. We're yeah. still idealistic, but we <laughs> yeah. we we just hadn't critically thought through. Uh, what it meant to be an American living overseas, yeah. serving as a missionary, and that time really helped us work through that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you had legendary influences on yeah. your life at that point. It was great, really, and we didn't really know they were phenomenal. legendary. At <laughs> yeah, that point. yeah, you just thought it was Tim or David or <laughs> yeah. Charles well, Tabor. Even Charles yeah. Tabor, like I know. I, uh, when, years later, when I went back to school after we left the field mm-hmm. at Asbury Seminary and worked on my PhD. Like, I'm in my first class. I'm in a contextual theology class, my first class in my PhD program, and I'm looking at the reading list, and she's making us read articles written by Charles Tabor, and I'm like, Seriously? That can't be Charles Tabor from Emmanuel. Charles Tabor. And I thought, sure enough, this is Charles Tabor. Like, uh, in the missiological world, he he was known um, as one of the early folks who talked about uh, translation methods and contextualization wow. and dynamic translation he was the guy. Yeah, he was that's the man. so cool that, and we that just, he was your professor. He was sitting in East Tennessee with us. <laughs> yeah. It was great. That's yeah, really crazy. Stuff. So four years then at Hopwood doing the youth ministry children's program and getting your degree, at what point did you start raising support? So we, uh, when we graduated from Emmanuel at the same time mm-hmm. um, and then finished up our time, that would have been December of... 98 was when mm-hmm. we officially finished at Hopwood okay. and started full-time raising support January of 99. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, that's when we started raising where, support. Where was most of your support base during those di- years? We had, uh, well, Hopwood mm-hmm. um, made a huge transition in the way that they thought about and supported missionaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they when, when we started raising support, Hopwood decided that they wanted to move to a faith promise model. Um, they had always just had you know, kind of a missions budget and divided yeah. it up between a sure. bunch of different things. 
but uh, they got excited about supporting us and, and sending us out into ministry. So uh, they, they had a faith promise Sunday, and people pledged to give uh, to support us to go. I think it's a little funny that they ended up supporting us more uh, <laughs> each month than they actually paid us in oh, salary when we worked at the church. That is ironic, yeah. <laughs> like, they wanted you to leave, actually, and we're going right, to pay right, you right. more and more to go, go away. <laughs> so Hopwood was a was a big supporting church. Yeah. We had three major supporting churches, Hopwood, Katie's Home Church in uh, Longmont, Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, LifeBridge Christian Church. Okay. And then uh, we got connected through CMF uh, to a church just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, Snellville Christian Church, mm-hmm. uh, that had a, a living link relationship with some CMF missionaries yeah. who left the field. And so they they asked CMF, this was like, I don't hear this happening anymore, but yeah. they asked CMF, like, hey, send us a couple new missionary families that mm-hmm. we can interview. We want to pick one. We you know, actually, yeah. <laughs> That doesn't happen very often, <laughs> and be significant supporters at that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So really, between those three congregations, that was uh, like ninety percent of our support. Wow. That's really uh, cool. And then there were some other congregations that that jumped in. So when we would come home on furlough, we would usually spend about half of our time in Tennessee. We um, Milligan had, and maybe they still do, a missionary and residence program. Mm-hmm where we would live on campus and be in classes and work with the missions club uh, on on campus. That was actually the, the, one of the ways that Aaron and I got to know you guys mm-hmm. is when you were on back furlough. on the first mm-hmm. furlough mm-hmm. and uh, you guys were the missionary in residence. Yeah. That was really a neat opportunity I think it's, it's to It's a great idea. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, as missionaries, we the idea of hey, I'm going to come back on furlough and travel the whole time, mm-hmm. that's just so unsettling for your yeah. family. So we always wanted to say, we're going to be here in this place. So the missionary in residence program gave us a platform to do that. Mm-hmm. So we're here in this place and we're doing this thing. Uh, and then we would spend the other half of our time at Snellville Christian Church. And with Snellville's relationship was, it was, they treated us as if we were on staff when we were there. Oh, wow. That's cool. And I'd go into the office and would regularly be doing things on Sunday mornings uh, during the times that we were there. Yeah. And I really appreciated that too, because that was also a base and a platform for us to, um, to just be in one place mm-hmm. and not have to move around lots. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So when did you actually get to the field? Uh, December of 99. December of 1999. Support raised mm-hmm. January. And we could have gone as early as like September or October mm-hmm. of 99, but uh, there were some visa issues. Mm-hmm. Classic. Uh, yes, classic. <laughs> uh, the Kenyan government had some problems with the way some of the paperwork was filled out, and mm-hmm. we were on hold. And we actually had packed everything up and moved. Uh, we left and went to Colorado, where Katie's family uh, is, and we were set to fly out of Denver. And we actually we just ended up living for like three months at her parents' house waiting really? for the visa to yeah. get approved. Just cool in your heels with mm-hmm. everything packed. There's nothing like that, you yeah. Know, just <laughs> waiting. Hurry up and wait. You know, that's that's like the life of the average missionary. It's a lot of hurry yeah. up and wait. Hurry, I'm hurry, pretty hurry, certain we had up. a newsletter early on just talking about waiting. And, yeah. You know, you're so excited to do this thing, and you don't really know exactly what it's going to look like. But of course, you've told all your supporters that you know exactly what it's going to look like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're <laughs> and you're, uh, you're ready to go, and then there's this glitch where you have to wait. So we have- we arrived. Right before Y2K, mm-hmm. remember? Interesting, Y2K. yes, the Y2K phenomenon. Everything's going to crash. everything was going to shut down. <laughs> yeah. 
the planes will fall out of the yeah. sky when you're flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the the funny thing with that for us, we, you know, our team wanted us to buy a, a solar fridge mm-hmm. from this. There was some company that was well known for solar fridges. At Sun that time. Dancer. Sun something. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, they were completely sold out. We also couldn't get a generator to take with Because us. of Y2K. Everything was sold out. There's like a waiting <laughs> list to get awesome. generators, a waiting list to get solar fridges. Yeah. Uh, so we ended up buying the second rate company that had a propane fridge. Nice. We shipped the propane fridge over. Now, what was cool after Y2K and there was mm. no disaster, <laughs> like tens of people donated generators to cmf because yeah. everybody in the states had bought all these generators <laughs> they they realized were oh, we're good we're so good. a bunch of missionaries in the year 2000 in cmf Scored. got some free some free generators <laughs> that's awesome now katie and her reach internship did maasai you did in your reach internship turkana what did you guys settle down on that you haven't mentioned yet where you were going you said kenya mm-hmm. what people group did you end up working we ended with? up in turkana okay what was um, the thinking with that so in uh, 98, Katie and I took uh, a trip to Kenya mm-hmm. uh, in the summer to visit missionaries uh, and to really pray through uh, where we were most needed. Where, uh, and that really was what it, what it was for us, is trying to figure out where was the need greatest. Um, again, very idealistic. We wanted to go to a place where there were no churches, where we could, yeah. we could get to eventually work in areas where there are no churches at all of any kind Mm -hmm. of any denomination no catholic churches uh and do initial work uh in some of those village areas and seeing turkana uh we saw that there were areas like that in turkana where we could do okay so how long was that vision trip was that like a two-week thing did you visit multiple sites i think i feel like it may have been a month um and we visited lots of sites we got to visit with every single missionary family that was in Turkana at the time and mm-hmm. spent a few days with each of them. Uh, and it was a disaster story. Like every <laughs> missionary that we visited with, there was some sort of terrible thing that was happening at the time. Really? Um, yeah. From uh, illness to, to yeah, uh, illness, illness with kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> tr- I, I think we got picked up at the airstrip by Gene Morden mm-hmm. uh, in town, and we were driving out to his place, which was three hours out of Lodwar, uh, and uh, his, like, I think it was his fuel filter cracked and, and was leaking diesel out all over the engine, <laughs> and the engine died, and we got stuck in the desert the Just first out night. out in the we middle of nowhere. Turkana. Wow. Thankfully, he had, like, two crates of sodas in the back of the truck. So and you stay hydrated? loaves of bread, yeah. <laughs> So we, we actually got truck broken down, stuck, and had to spend the night overnight uh, in the middle of nowhere. Wow. I think that was one of our first experiences. And you said, um, I want more of this. We get to Rick and Debbie Bruin's <laughs> house, and their kid was sick. And they, like, in the middle of the night, woke us up and said, our daughter has really high fever. We're driving into town, taking her to the hospital. Wow. Um, some other missionaries will be by to pick you up tomorrow. <laughs> Just walk out to the road. Just walk out at some like, point So <laughs> when the sun is like, up. We woke up in the morning, and we were like, which direction is the road from the house? <laughs> yes. We didn't even know. <laughs> you had no clue. <laughs> this, there's no cell great. phones. Yeah. There's no nothing. Like, uh, anyway, it all worked out. But everywhere we went, we saw, I think we saw kind of the worst. There was a, mm-hmm. an older family on the team uh, who was kind of burnt out. Mm-hmm. 
kept serving us food that was kind of off all the time. <laughs> like, it was trying to crawl <laughs> off the plate kind yeah, of a thing. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and Katie had this experience um, uh, one of the days that we were there in Turkana where she walked out and she, uh, was praying in the morning overlooking one of the rivers. And she realized, you know, we can't do this. We can't live here. Like, we, we could not do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had this sense of God telling her, of course you can't do it. Like, the only way you can do this and, and accomplish anything in this place is if God is doing it with, yeah. you, with you and through you. Yeah. And that's when we realized, let's do it. Like, yeah. if God is with us, we can do this. Man, um, that's awesome. And that's, that's why we ended up. Ended up in Turkana, yeah. so that's where we went. Going back, mm-hmm. Man, that's really awesome. That's so cool. So, mm-hmm. 1999, yeah, Y2K. You're back in Turkana. In what did Turkana. your first year look like? Were you what you had because you're a CMF missionary? You had to do language and cultural mm-hmm. and in East in East Africa. Yes, the it's kind of like hazing in East Africa. Yeah. You're in Ethiopia. And I, I think it's haze. still that way. <laughs> uh, your first year as a missionary on the field, like I, I've. Uh, before us in Turkana, they would even say you weren't allowed to have a vehicle your first year. Yes, like, I love that. Walk every transportation <laughs> and like have other people drive you around. But what? Yeah. Thankfully, we had a truck, um, and you know how these things work. Like we had to raise money for a truck, and we got mm-hmm. to buy the oldest truck on the team. Yeah, and the other people I love. I love that a new truck. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, older missionaries, for letting me buy you a new vehicle. Yeah, I love and that. And then we, uh, uh, so that first year. Um, you're just learning, uh, mm-hmm. just language learning. Uh, they they took us out to a village where there was already a church established. It was actually one of the villages where I did my internship with oh, that's where Dan, cool. and Dan and Debbie Bader had lived. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a group of Christians already there, uh, but it's far out of town. Nobody speaks English in this village, and we had one guy that came out with us who had finished high school, mm-hmm. so he spoke English and Turkana. Okay. Um, and he was our language helper. And and really, we used the old uh, LAMP method. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to, uh, we studied some of the language learning methods at MTI yes, in Colorado. The, before the pilot we went program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a mixture of LAMP and some other things that we learned there that we used. But really, that first year was living in a village, uh, meeting with language helper every day. I would meet mm-hmm. with him uh, part of the time. Katie would meet with him at a different time of the day. Mm-hmm. And then walking around the village and kind of making a fool of ourselves. Just practicing trying whatever to speak you Turkana. Yeah, yeah, practicing what we learned. Um, and then I would sit, usually in the afternoons, I'd sit with the old guys mm-hmm. in the shade down by the river and just listen to them talk. And uh, I remember, oh, man, I was, the, again, I just thought, these guys, I bet there's this great wisdom that's being shared <laughs> yeah. right now. Uh, as I'm sitting under this tree yeah. in the afternoon, just listening to them talk. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, eventually, as you learn the language, right you're when it starts more clicking, and, uh-huh. and uh, I've got to the point where I was like, "Oh, they're talking about animals and women." Yes, <laughs> look at that cow. Like that's, yeah. that was what they were talking about. It wasn't great. Was it was uh, so much wisdom? Yeah. Um, but so we spent our first year doing that, uh, and you know, not uh, going to team meetings, but not voting at team mm-hmm. meetings, and not mm-hmm. really. Good. Participating yes. in decision making. I like that. No booing like allowed. That. I hear I hear you're kind of tough on the new folks that I, come to Ethiopia. I don't like those neophytes oh, voting. Come on. <laughs> come on. Sorry, Ethiopia former Ethiopia teammates. But I really I mean, that was 
it's such an important time mm. that first year to to just learn how does this culture really work and yeah. that's so interconnected interwoven with the language yeah you know, you're learning this language that's so much a part of the culture mm-hmm. so it was a, it was a great year and then after that year uh we moved to a different village mm-hmm. uh it was a decision that was made alongside church leaders and missionary team uh moved to another village a little farther out from where we were so uh we could work with church leaders in that area in planting new churches and that's, that's what cool. we did that first term uh was lived way out there and helped to uh uh, set up some new churches, um, village churches in that, in we're that cluster. Yeah. Desert. It's uh-huh. north, up in the northwest corner of mm-hmm. Kenya. Yeah. Desert. Where was the closest body of water? Well, we had Lake Turkana, mm-hmm. uh, which we could get to in a couple hours. Uh, Go swim that with was some a, crocodiles. Yeah, crocodile infested <laughs> and kind of saltwater, brackish. Yeah, nice. Brackish water lake. Um, Where did you get water from? Uh, we got water from the riverbed. Most of the year, the rivers in Turkana don't flow with water on the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, the water flows in the sand uh, down in the riverbed. So we would, um, I mean, honestly, our language learning year, it was just a hand-dug well uh, that uh, some of the women in the village would fill up jerry cans, and the water would be carried to our house. Wow. I mean, you... Th- in America, we don't really think about how much water we use. Yeah. And we've tried to get better, right, in thinking about it. But sure. when you live in a village where water is carried on someone's head to your house <laughs> and you can see exactly how mm-hmm. much water you're using every day, you certainly... It becomes very precious. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And bathing becomes secondary. <laughs> <laughs> it's very fast. Yeah. And efficient. Yeah, yes. very, very efficient. Yeah. Yeah, and... And God bless our team. They put us out in a language learning house that didn't have an indoor toilet. Nice. So all we had was an outdoor Mm -hmm. uh, pit latrine, Mm -hmm. you know, show. Did you have to dig it or did someone else dig the Someone else dug it for us. They did set that up for us, which was really nice. nice. (laughs) But you know how it is in language learning. You get so worn out by the culture and the people Mm -hmm. um, that sometimes you just want to hide from it. Yeah. Um, But having an outhouse that you have to walk to... (laughs) Everybody knows when you're taking a deuce. We couldn't hide from people. It was like waking up in in the the morning, waking up in the like in Turkana, like the the letting someone know that you're there. That the old men do Mm -hmm. the thing that they do is they clear their throat. Yes, just clear their throat Mm -hmm. really loud and Mm -hmm. spit. Mm -hmm. And so many times in the morning, I would wake up. So there there would be a guy like underneath our window at getting the, some where shade. we were he's sleeping hiding in the shade. he's sitting yeah. there waiting for me he's clearing his throat that's what i wake up to and yes. it's like oh i gotta go to the bathroom yeah i can't avoid it like, yeah you gotta go out and you gotta interact with people yeah. so it was good i mean it was in the long run it was good i mean we had a one-year-old child at the time it wasn't okay. great for that but no <laughs> um, <laughs> no it was a good awesome. thing very good thing yeah and of course it, ethiopia was this way it's very very rude to not greet people when you see them. Oh Was yeah, the same to way walk past an old man and not <laughs> you say anything to You got to take a deuce, and the old dude's standing right there in your in your path, and you you've got to go, but you've also got to say hi, or you're gonna deal deuce. with the ramifications. Of, Is this an Oklahoma term? A deuce? No, it's a fraternity guy. Oh, okay. No, I, I don't know. If you don't know what a deuce is, then then number I think, two, you I figured it out. From you the figured context. it out. <laughs> oh, and missionary deuces usually, you know, they come 
come fast. All right. Fast, fast. We, you know, we need to <laughs> I know. change okay. the subject I'm sorry. now. Gosh. Okay, sorry, sorry. Okay, so we're in my office I know. at CMF I know. headquarters I know. and you're talking about this? Yeah, we can't go there, can we? No. Well, I feel like this has been a really great time uh, uh so far and i feel <laughs> this like well, this is like forever, i know we got to do like a multi-part uh podcast at this point mm-hmm. uh obviously because we're just into your first term of ministry and right uh, there's right. so many more questions that i want right. to ask and think about yeah you have no idea how i got from my language learning year in Turkana yeah. to being in this office yeah. right now seriously yeah, yeah. yeah. so mm-hmm. we definitely need to get together again and talk about okay. a time when we can hear the rest of the story sounds uh, it's, good it's really interesting to sounds me and, great. and we got to get through some of my uh fun questions too we gotta get I, got I love fun questions yeah so i i aaron and i love to play the or game which mm. you do you like this or do you like that mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. i really wanted to play the or game with you. maybe we can uh, hit a, a couple things real fast as we wrap up just okay. for fun okay we'll do the or so, thing first off though that from an or I gotta stand, do it quickly yeah yeah it's gotta be quick don't think so dunkin donuts or Krispy Kreme. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Grew oh, up with Dunkin' Donuts. Donkeys. Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. A hot now. Krispy Kreme. Always. No way. no way. Come on. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Always. How do you take your coffee? Uh, my first cup of coffee every day has sugar and cream in it. Mm-hmm. And then the following five cups are black. Straight black. <laughs> That's good. You got to limit your, your sugar intake at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. Nice. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Were you Coke in Kenya as well? Did you guys take glass bottles out? Yeah, so cases of Coke in Kenya and <laughs> yes. the glass bottles. Mm-hmm. But it was while we were missionaries in Kenya that I stopped drinking soda altogether. Really? Yeah, the second term, no soda, and then, yeah, just cut it out. Just so I don't drink out. soda at all anymore. Not, not even no. now? No. Wow. Water and coffee. Oh, that's interesting. It's boring. Yeah, that is boring. Yeah, Coke. <clears throat> what, for whatever reason, Ethiopia, Pepsi, for our first term that you had these plastic bottles that we would take out and we'd st- stick in our solar freezer and it'd get nice and cold and mm. slushy yeah it's like a pepsi slushy from 7-eleven mm-hmm. okay sandwich or burrito oh burrito burrito yeah. chipotle mm-hmm. or qdoba ah <laughs> well i gotta pick between those two chipotle yeah. chipotle yeah. nice nice okay chick-fil-a or kfc Ooh. Yeah, this is controversial. Isn't I know it? this is. Yeah, where but are you gonna go with this? I don't like chicken sandwiches, so oh. I like I just like plain old fried chicken. Fried so chicken. KFC. <laughs> nice, KFC. nice. Kindle or a real book? Real book, definitely yeah. real book. I'm totally visual learner, so I have to think about like I can I can think about where I've read something based mm-hmm. on where it was in the book and mm-hmm. whether it was on the right side or the left side. Yeah. and like that's yeah. how I find stuff in and books. Do you, are you? Do you write in books? Or do you leave them? Yeah, alone? I write in them. Yeah, yeah, write all over them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, iPod or old school record? Uh, uh, iPod. What is that? Like use... digital digital music? <laughs> yeah, or or a record? Yeah, you're going with a record. I think we just use our. Uh, we do we do uh, we do iTunes music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Apple Music. Mm-hmm. So, if given the choice, if you could get something, I don't know old school vinyl LP. I haven't gotten into that yet. I know yeah. that's that's coming back, but no, nope, don't do it yet. Nope. All right. Final question. Mm. What are you reading right now? Any suggestions for anybody listening? Oh, well, I've been reading a lot of uh, uh, business and organizational theory <laughs> books. <laughs> Boring. No, I'm just and kidding. And the nice thing about those books is they're quick reads and you can just skip to the last chapter. Yeah. Um, which is... You know, some of them really like Lencioni. I've read a mm-hmm. number of Lencioni books lately. Um, 
Uh, like the, Five Dysfunctions of a Team? Well, Five Dysfunctions is, a, is an older one. There's uh-huh. a new one called The Advantage, which is good. But I really like, uh, I worked through with the um, the directors here in the office, um, the one called The uh, Ideal Team Player. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really, it goes through these three hungry, humble, and smart yeah. uh, categories and, and where you're at on that. And that, that was a really good exercise for us to go through. So it's I, a book honestly, picking up. It is a, a well. If you're working on a team, yeah, um, the ideal team player is an excellent book. Okay, um, and it builds on the five dysfunctions. And many people know about the five dysfunctions, and and you know trying to build trust as a yeah. as a key thing. But this this says okay, you've worked through those dysfunctions, but uh, what do, what do the team members bring to yeah. the team, and are they really hungry? Are they really humble? Are they really smart? So that's that's one. Cool. And then uh, I just picked up. Uh, this one over here, uh, sense of urgency, mm-hmm. uh, and just uh, one of the, you know, in an organization like ours where there's so much stuff going on, uh, one of the things that I keep coming back to is who really owns this thing, like who's mm-hmm. the champion of this okay. thing, uh, and who's really pushing uh, with some urgency for this to get done and for it to get done well. So, A yeah, sense I mean, of urgency. Who's the author? Uh, <laughs> Cotter. Cotter. John. John P. John Cotter. P. Cotter. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, check those out. A little older. Uh, I've been, you know, I've been reading my new book. Oh yeah, what is that? <laughs> yeah, we haven't even talked about that yet. Of course, that's going to have to be in another. We'll podcast save that at this for point. another podcast. <laughs> yeah. I can't talk about my book at this point. Okay, at this. So, if someone is listening for the first time and they don't know you, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, well, you can have a li- you can find me on Facebook. Okay, Kip just li- Kip lines. Kip lines. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty easy. Okay. Uh, you can find me uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm Kevin Lines on Twitter. Okay, Kevin yeah, Lines. Actually, my legal name. Yes. Kip is just a, just a nickname. Yeah, it's just a pseudonym. Yeah. No. no. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got Lines, Instagram. Instagram. Okay. Um, and then what me. about Twitter? I said Twitter. Kevin said, Lines. Oh, Kevin Lines Twitter. Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Uh, probably Kip Erot. Erot. Which is a Turkana. E R O T. Yeah. Kip. E-R-O-T. Yeah. Check it out. My thanks goes out to Kip Lines for being a part of this very first episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International. I look forward to having him on at another time and doing some other interviews with other missionaries, former missionaries, and staff members that are part of the CMF family. And along with that, I want to say thanks to you, the listeners, for being a part of this experience of getting to know one another's stories even better. Now get out there and connect with what God is doing in the world around you.